You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows, and then we talk about them. Today we are covering Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 20, Innocence of Ryloth, in our breakdown of every Ryloth-themed episode of Star Wars TV. But before we get into that, we have a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I am the guest. Hello. Thanks for joining us, Becca. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm Becca, Becca Soka on Instagram and Twitter and such. We have had you on uh, before. Is this your third time? I think so. Second? Maybe maybe third. I think it's your third. Yeah. <laughs> Been a couple times. Well, we're glad you're here. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm just going to like ask you questions. What Star Wars stuff have you been up to lately? Um... I have honestly just been getting ready for a Star Wars celebration, trying to plan out if I'm bringing costumes, what costumes, uh, probably still making said costumes because I have not worked on those in a while. So very much in the Star Wars celebration brain right now. Nice, nice, nice. Ryan. What? Do you have any questions for our guest? I am familiar with our guest. Uh, we are, you might say, quite close. But yeah, uh, what what are you most excited for from Star Wars Celebration this year? I think the one thing we can safely say is that it won't be like any other year. Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be different than it has been. But I'm very excited just to see friends I have not been able to see in, what, three years now? Maybe more for some. Very excited just to have that like community back together and just be able to celebrate Star Wars, literally the name of the the event. <laughs> right on. That is why Pesto the Porg calls it the Celebrate Star Wars Party. <laughs> you do uh you do have a love for animal companions. So I guess if you lived in the Star Wars universe, I don't think we've asked you this one on the podcast. Uh what what type of animal is your companion? Oh, Oh my god, a Nexu for sure. That's a big cat. <laughs> it is, but that's I've always loved them. Um, it might stem from my love for Padme, which is a little weird when you think about why, but I I think they're just so cute. And there is uh, in Legends at least we've seen uh, Nexu as companions, and actually in some of the new comics too. So it is plausible. Yeah. Bounty hunters. yeah. <laughs> In instant crop top <laughs> whenever you want. Well, see, that's Which perfect. That's handy. what I love, yeah. That is handy. <laughs> yeah. Just like you're out on the town and it's like, uh, time for like day to night look, time for crop top. Oh, yeah. Got to be ready for anything. What uh, what are your feelings on all things uh, Ryloth, Twi'lek, and Syndulla? What, what does that mean to you? Um, I mean, I love... I love Twi'leks. I think 
they're the like one of my favorite species um and then anything with the syndulas is always exciting and just so much fun to watch just seeing that dynamic of how their characters are in clone wars then how we see them in rebels uh and then meeting like Hera and Rebels was so cool. So it's it's always fun rewatching Clone Wars and watching these episodes, kind of seeing where the where she came from. I think we should start asking every guest if they say Twi'lek or Twi'lek. <laughs> it is a yeah, I've noticed both ways for people. <laughs> they they consciously there's an interview I think with Dave Filoni where they they made a conscious effort to pronounce it both ways in the Clone Wars series so that the debate lives on. Oh my god, of course. I mean, I like that, though. Like, yeah, I do too. It does make sense that people would say the same word different ways uh, in a galaxy that big. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. it happens here. Um, I mean, I'm from PA. Evan is from Maryland, and he says, water, and I say water. Oh man, oh, that's no. a good one. <laughs> so Twilight Twilight, I think it I think it makes sense. That's a good one. But if you say it the way that's different than me, you're wrong and I'll fight you. Oh certainly. <laughs> of course. That's that's linguistics one on one. I will cuss you and your mother out on twitter.com if you say it different than me. <laughs> tomato like tomato. Any, any good say- Star Wars fan. <laughs> oh of course, yeah. That's what Twitter was made for. <laughs> so I think it's time for the recap. Hit it. Now, all all true Force friends, listeners, all Force pals would know, will know that uh, my recap is good or bad based on how long ago I watched the episode uh, slash how active I was on Twitter while watching the episode. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be a rough one, y'all. Um... The episode opens with some samey boys on a shuttle going down to Ryloth. And the one guy is like, it fucking sucks that we have to go to this goddamn planet and we can't blow up everything because there are innocent civilians around. They should get out of our way so we can do our jobs. And Yoda is like, goddamn, that's like a war crime. Like, you need to simmer out, my dude. And I think Obi-Wan's there. They get to the planet, and it's some, like, bam, 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 shooting, 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 running, running, running. It's a war movie, yeah. And I think it's the same dude who was like, I wish we could just, like, go ham on this planet. Uh, They, like, find a little girl, and they're nice to the little girl, and because they are nice to the child, she gives them a tactical advantage. She gives them, like, an overall, like, plus one buff, like old school bardic inspiration from 3.5. <laughs> and uh, they win the day because they teamed up with her and they showed compassion and empathy to a child and it made them fight better. And I think that's it. I think that's the episode. Yeah, that's pretty much it. How'd I do? You did pretty decently. Pretty yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was watching it again. No. Becca, yes. put the spotlight directly back on you. Oh, goodness. You specifically asked to be on for this episode, and I'm very curious why. <laughs> um, I just, I really like Numa. I always thought that having her in the story was really interesting, and it could have been they found any 
body, honestly. It couldn't it didn't have to be a child, but I liked that it was a kid and it was a young girl. Um especially cuz it's being a young girl that just to me always felt better because then it shows these, you know, older men like this little girl can help them and I love the story then how they kind of like changed a little bit and were like, "Oh yeah, this is this is cool. This is I'm glad we've helped her." Um and especially again mentioning Re- rebels like later on seeing her again and the impact that they had on her uh it, it's just a really cool tie-in and a really cool story that is small but i feel like it means a lot to to see yeah i clone wars loves this idea of like showing that everyone has something to contribute and for these clone troopers who like have grown up just knowing each other and they know that their purpose is to like go down there and kick ass and Mm -hmm. you know anyone who's going to slow them down from that objective be damned for them to like meet this small child who is different from them in every way Mm -hmm. like she's young she's girl uh she's different uh species she doesn't speak the same language and she's not a soldier, mm-hmm. but like by showing her compassion, um, they realized that like she was able to help them and uh, like she does have inherent value, uh, you know, in and of herself. Even if she couldn't have helped them, she still would have yeah. had value. So I... that that's like a very Clone Wars lesson. I feel like this is like a very Clone Wars episode of Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do, I did like, because I noticed when we rewatched it, like, when they first meet her, Boyle, I think, was very much, like, rude. He was calling her a little monster. He called her a tailhead, like, just very just mean to her. And I liked seeing that, because you see then later where they're both, like, they like her, they they understand her more, um, and they see the, va- like you said, the value that she would she brought to them. And it was, I like seeing that, that side of they're, they're clones, but they definitely see people and other species very differently sometimes. It's a fun action one too. Yeah, very much. It's, I mean, it's, it's D-Day. It's, Ryloth is very much occupied France and it's, the invasion is just really gorgeous wide shots. There's, by my recollection, Oh, I guess I have to include Siege of Mandalore now. I keep forgetting Siege of Mandalore happened. By my recollection, there's four, like, war movies tucked into the seven seasons of Clone Wars. And this is the first one. Uh, after this, we get... Can I guess? Um, oh, yeah, guess. Uh, Becca, do you want to guess? I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to say Second Battle of Geonosis. Yup. Uh, that's, that's a given. Um, Umbara. Yep. And Siege. Yeah. I think those are like George Lucas, Dave Filoni, just yeah doing the World War Two movies that they loved growing up with in Clone Wars, and it's it's freaking cool. So yeah, this is like a really fun opener to this uh, this arc. Yeah, incredibly. 
Do we get much Jedi action? Who do we have here? We have Obi-Wan and Yoda, right? Is Anakin around? Mace. Obi-Wan and Mace. We don't really see Anakin, no. Mm -mm. Yeah, there's a little bit with Obi-Wan, but not not much. It's very clone-focused. There's... He there is when he's holding Numa and brandishing the lightsaber and cutting down the droids while he's holding this kid. That's mm-hmm. that's something. Uh, I I love that we get some Cody too. Yeah, uh, I'm almost oh, here right. for Cody. Oh, Cody. He he's a little underappreciated in Clone Wars. Uh, Clone Wars really is here for like Rex and Fives, and uh, to some degree Echo a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, I love that that we get some Cody action. Yeah. I like the 212th in general. They've always been one of my favorite. I like their colors. I like their designs. Waxer and Boyle are excellent. Do we see later grown-up Numa? Does she have, like, a Waxer helmet on her armor that she painted? Am I remembering that? She, I think she has Boyle's name. I thought she had the helmet, too, though. Uh, she might. I'm looking now. Yeah, because I, I thought, yeah. <laughs> well, because they put her on their helmet. Yes, Waxer puts her on his. Um, she has Boyle's name, and she has the, uh, I think it's the, um, the graphic from, I want to say it's Waxer's helmet. Who has the black graphic on their helmet? That's Boyle. Oh, then maybe she just really preferred Boyle. <laughs> it's the mustache. Very interesting, yeah. Okay, because she has the clone armor on her one arm. That's right. Yeah, it's I the mustache. I love that we get to like see her again. Yeah, and yeah. She has become a freedom fighter for her people. It yes. makes sense. Like it, it fits so Definitely. well. I have a crackpot fan theory about what became of Boyle. Uh <laughs> that I've thought way too much about if I may have the floor for 45 seconds. Absolutely. Have you read Force Collector by Kevin Shinnick? Uh, I have not. You keep telling me to. Though. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> it it It's unfortunate that he was going to have the climax happen in the ruins of the second Death Star, and he was nudged by Lucasfilm to not do that, because it clearly builds to something that we never quite get. But other than that... Um, There's a moment when this kid who can sense the histories of objects when he touches them, like Cal Kestis, ends up on Utapau shortly before The Force Awakens, and there is a pawn shop owner, a human pawn shop owner on Utapau, who is selling... I forget what the kid gets there. I think he gets the staff of the port administrator who greeted Obi-Wan, and he kind of, through this, sees the end of the Clone Wars and the beginning of Imperial Oppression. And the pawn shop owner came upon this because his father was a member of the 212th Clone Battalion who, after Order 66, was like, this is not for me, and just stayed on Utapau to start a family and a business. That's Boyle, man. That has to be. He was, he, I he, can't see it. He got his hint of fatherhood caring for this little girl and for the rest of the war. He just, yeah. I like it. I think it works. <laughs> Thank you. I feel validated. <laughs> of course. Any other like quick positives about this episode? I the- like the droid in the in the cage that Obi Wan closes in. 
Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where he's cleaning cleaning up after those creatures, and he's like, this is the worst job. And then Obi-Wan appears, and he's like, great. It went into overtime. <laughs> yeah. Anything with droids makes me laugh. With the, the B1s. Uh, Obi-Wan force-chucking thermal detonators into machine gun nests. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very cool. I like uh, when the Twi'leks come out and just beat the crap out of that tactical droid and rip apart the tank. And then the there's a little subtle moment of business where Obi-Wan tries to cover Numa's eyes and she will not let him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she like she, <laughs> she wants, wants to, to see, see this yep. and she's going to be a freedom fighter herself. I like that. There's It's funny, but it's also a nice little character moment for Numa and Obi-Wan. Definitely. Any negatives? It's funny, while we were watching, I had like a moment where I was like, oh, this is a common pitfall with computer animation anywhere in a city. I was like, this city feels completely deserted. And then I remembered, wait, that's the point. (laughs) That's... (laughs) That's why we're here. Um, none that jump out, honestly. This was one of the stronger ones of season one and probably my favorite of the Ryloth Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, I I liked this one. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. That, like, Actually, I take me. that back. The Jar Jar one is my favorite, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't have any negatives. It's a really good episode. Uh, Numa is a great child protagonist uh, yeah. for mm-hmm. this like little episode. The the clones are all great. There's some cool Jedi stuff, but it doesn't take away from like the very like clone centeredness of the narrative. And uh, there's a lot of fun action. For yeah. sure. All around pretty good, I think. Did we just blow through this in like twenty <laughs> minutes? Is this our fastest episode? I ever? think it's 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 shorter than the the episode itself. Um, you know what? I have one weird negative that's always bugged me about these Ryloth episodes, and I uh, it's it's weird, but we've seen green Twi'leks in the movie, and they're a certain shade of green. And the green Twi'leks in this episode and in all the Clone Wars episodes are not like ostensibly this is the group of people that Hera came from, but there are no Hera green Twi'leks. Oh. Like no one looks like her and her mother. The green is like a weird tealish. Yeah, it's got more blue in it than. This is me reaching for something to critique. <laughs> I feel I like that's valid. That. Yeah, I well, didn't. I didn't actually realize that because I did notice her like Numa's green is very different. Yeah. Uh, just never put together that there's no other types of green. How rude. Yeah, Twi'leks are <laughs> colorful. Go for it. Lean into it. Any uh, any other like Star Wars stuff happening that y'all want to talk about or plug? Well, we're all reading, or in Andy's case, have finished reading uh, Queen's Hope. Oh, And by the time this episode drops, that'll be very soon to come out. I loved it. You know, obviously we can't talk about spoilers here. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Um, 
I will talk about Sister, which yeah. is a, uh, we're going to get into light spoiler territory here, but it has been now like tweeted about by the author. So I feel like I'm game to talk about it a little bit. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Sister is really well done. Yes, that's good to know. She is only in about two pages of book. Got it. Which is why she hasn't been in the vast majority of marketing. You know, she hasn't been in any actual marketing for the book. Uh, the author just, you know, briefly tweeted about her. Right. Uh, but she is a trans clone. And she's awesome. And uh, it seems like she's being set up to appear in other stuff. Which I'm very hopeful and excited for. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, I don't want to get people's hopes too high by talking about how cool I think Sister is <laughs> when she is also uh, a very short part of the book. But uh, I thought she fucking ruled, and I think it was written really well. That's awesome. I'm really excited to get That's to that awesome. point. Uh, I'm not yeah. super far in. I haven't gotten to her yet, but I still am loving the book already. Cried, like, the whole time so far. I love. Yeah, I cried a few times. <laughs> I got real emotional. I haven't uh, cried yet, but I'm very early every on. time gets me. I love the way that she writes and views Anakin in this time. Like yeah. I have, I have portrayed Anakin at signings of hers, and I cosplay Anakin all the time, and I've talked to her about Anakin, and I love that her ideas about that character are finally taking root in an actual. Clone Wars story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan, we got to talk about this actually. Um, and obviously, Becca, you too. But <laughs> Ryan, you and I both cosplay Anakin. Yeah, and I think you and I both have uh, an affiliation for that character. Character definitely affiliation is that the right word? Uh, affinity. Affinity. We both like that character a lot. Um, yeah. I, f- I I have finished this book. This is the most. Anakin's been in a novel that I think. Yeah, in the canon, definitely. Well, that's there's okay. the Thrawn. Uh, Thrawn. Oh, book, but, that's right. But that's it. But I, I this is definitely more. This is more like home life, Anakin. Yeah. Um, what I think he's written really well. Yeah, I just and this is this is from an excerpt. So if you're completely blind, skip ahead like. 30 seconds but um the this wasn't an excerpt the the scene where he goes to Qui-Gon's memorial I don't know that just that felt right that's what he would do there's a tough needle to thread here and this is something that uh last year I got to interview EK about this book and I asked her about like how do you balance the shippy nature of Anakin and Padme's relationship that, you know, people who love that ship want to see with the dark reality of where we know their relationship ends up. Like, how do you, how how do you thread that needle and be like, people love this relationship. And, you know, Padme is a very smart, emotionally mature woman. Uh, she clearly saw something in Anakin worth marrying, but also we know that Anakin ends up going down a horrific path. So, like, how do you how do you write that in a satisfying way, especially with like a young adult novel? 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think she threads the needle. It's really satisfying stuff. Like there are moments with Anakin where you see, uh, the, the darker impulses in him. There are moments where Padme is thinking about Anakin and has, some uh, concerns about choices he's made. Uh, mm-hmm. but also they're in love and they're young and they're making a reckless decision because they're in love. Yeah. I, I mean, reading it, like I'm, I'm a huge Padme fan. That's, that's who is one of my main cosplays. Like I never feel like their relationship and the way she portrays Anakin is bad or weird. Like I always read it. And I'm like, this makes sense. Like this works. Um, I, yeah, that's, it's surprising that some people don't see that, but, I feel like we're so used to seeing Anakin in a different kind of light, maybe, where we're actually finally seeing the side of him that Padme sees, which is something we don't usually get. But without losing focus on the side of him that Padme doesn't want to see, I think is the important part. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not ignoring that. I think a lot of the fandom has bought into the lie that Obi-Wan tells Luke, which is Vader struck down and murdered your father. And when I told you that, I wasn't lying because he's two separate people now. Yeah. That's, and, like, that's not tr- that's no. not true. Mm-hmm. Like, Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker are the same person and are the same character. Yes. And uh, fans who love Anakin don't like to wrestle with the fact that Anakin has done and does some really horrific stuff. And uh, people, I think, who also love Vader don't like to think about, like, the lovey stuff or the, yep. like, yeah. whiny side or the uh, the kind of, like, cowboy side of, of Anakin. Uh, and it's like, guys, this is the same person. And, like, you have to marry them. Like, you have yeah. to marry the yeah. two halves. Um, I love Anakin because I... I I'm, I'm not, not that I love that he, like does genocides and war crimes no but <laughs> obviously that's that's bad but i like that he's an incredibly flawed yes uh, hero it's, and he's it makes wrestling it more with real that. yeah it's the yeah. reason the reason the story matters is that this very good man did these very bad things and in the end did one last good thing that saved his son and therefore the galaxy like that you like you said you have to marry it you you can't separate any of that. Mm-hmm. You can't have one it, without the other. Yeah, thematically, it doesn't work. Anakin's boring without that. He's the Mary Sue they all think Ray is without. Yeah. It, it makes me want to read a Ben Solo book by E.K. Oh, uh, I, I don't know. If I don't think like she would do it. The sort of character that she would want to write. <laughs> I don't or, think she would, or, but I agree. Yeah. And it like there's there's baggage with tackling a benzo yes standalone real story. world baggage that she does not deserve to have to yeah mm-hmm. but um i just think she would write a really compelling oh yeah flawed young man wrestling with his darker impulses just based on her yeah anakin writing mm-hmm. i want so can we freaking talk about her palpatine i was gonna say i was just i want say. her take on a young <laughs> sheev oh my yes. gosh for that same reason the way she writes Palpatine is just incredible. I have read a lot of Palpatine books. I've read a lot of Palpatine comics. She writes 
bar none, my favorite take on that character. I don't like to say like best, you know, because obviously art and writing is subjective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she writes my favorite sheet. He is upsetting. Yeah. It's so good the way she does it. Yeah. It, it it's wild. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I just kept like begging for more chapters with him uh, while also being like immensely uncomfortable every time he popped up. It means it's working. Um, I'm also going to say the, uh, the like little, little cameos and like, there's, there's like multiple, like one or two page vignettes of like characters who thematically have stuff to do with this story or who are going to like play an impact on like the larger tapestry of this story. But there's also like tons of little cameos too throughout that I really enjoyed. Um, where like there will be a scene in the Jedi Temple and like the character whose perspective we're seeing doesn't know who certain characters are, but like you, the reader, might pick up on it mm. and stuff like that. And I always have fun being like, oh, that's so and so, that's really neat. Or like, oh, I love seeing that character on Coruscant. Or oh, like. It's that guy on tap, you know, like there's just a lot of that, which is really uh, satisfying and fun, but won't take away from the story if you don't necessarily like pick up on it. Yeah, that stuff's always good. I'm excited to finish it. Yeah, same. I stayed up real late uh, reading it. And you told I was me. very tired for work the next day, <laughs> but it was very much worth it. I might have to do that. Any other thoughts on uh, on Queen's Hope? This has become a Queen Queen's Hope. <laughs> it really has. That's fine. Um, I mean, I just love it already. Only a quarter of the way through, but it's it's so good. I think with that, it's a good moment to talk about the Amadala Initiative, which is yeah. a uh, a fan initiative by different uh, podcasters and YouTubers. Um, that have kind of all come together to uh, raise money to help uh, trans kids and their families in Texas. Uh, the stuff happening in Texas right now is incredibly upsetting and really horrific. Um, and uh, a bunch of fan creators said, hey, fuck that, actually and are raising money to give to different charities that are, uh, you know, helping in uh, extremely uh, practical ways. Uh, so if that sounds like something that you care about, which if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like it probably is, you can check them out on, on Twitter. Just, you know, search for Amadala Initiative. Uh, there's people doing really cool art that is uh for sale and the proceeds are, are going to this initiative and um it looks like uh uh some authors are maybe getting involved and going to be uh donating some books uh to i don't know what the plan there is maybe uh uh auction them off or something but check out all the really good work that's happening with that um 
and yeah, get yourself some cool art or get yourself uh, some freaking signed books and stuff and uh, donate to a good cause. Hell yeah. Becca, where can people find you? Oh, um, well, you can find me as Becca Soka on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the social media platforms, basically. I post a lot of Star Wars, but I also post other stuff because, you know, I'm a human being. I like multiple things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty active right now. I, you know, I like sharing what I'm working on, and I'm going to be working on a lot of fun Star Wars costumes soon, including, uh, I don't think they're secrets, but a couple that have not really been posted about a lot lately. So should be a lot of fun. I love your fashion posts. You posted, oh, yes. as of recording, you posted one today of these red leggings with, like, the Ahsoka sweatshirt, yeah. and boy, howdy. <laughs> it was a good, a good Great post. Great look. <laughs> Absolutely killing it. Thank Great you. camera angle. I don't know who your photographer is, but I was just like, damn, Becca. Oh, it's uh, one of my it. friends. Yeah, we, so yeah, I do uh, more than cosplay. I do a lot of uh, brand work for different uh, companies, usually Star Wars related, um, but yeah, the, the Ahsoka top with the leggings. I thought it was a cute Ahsoka look. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Becca, thank you so much for joining us. It's always uh, uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, and uh, yeah, I always love talking Padme with you. Yeah, thank uh, you. I love it. It's always a blast to be here. Well, that's going to do it for us. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer, go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. Or your podcast nightmares. Make your podcast nightmares come true. That's very plausible. Yeah. Do do a Sheev podcast. There you just, go. Just haunt people. <laughs> we are grateful to be part of the Where They May Radio Network. You can f- get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM Radio. As well as bonus content from Music and Lyrics by Ending Pending. Fan Fiction is Good Actually. And Good Neighbors. We got a new show on the network. It's a fucking great show. I'm also on it, so I'm biased, but it's really good. You should listen to it. Oh, Ryan. Yes. We owe our patrons a special uh, Force Friends episode. We do. Our patrons have raised enough money. By I guess I shouldn't say raised. Our patrons have given us yes. enough money to make us watch Ewoks, so we have to fucking watch Ewoks, Ryan. We do, we do. I mean, we we might have something like fun. What's that? That sounds great. It is great. Yeah. Oh, I'm pumped. <laughs> this is it, not a bad thing. No, not at all. It's it's uh we do need to do that. I have not watched Ewoks probably since I was like eight years old. And, and I'm very excited to rewatch it as an adult now. To clarify, we're talking years about later. Uh, Caravan of Courage, the first of the live action. Or are we watching both? Or are we watching the uh, animation? We're watching one right now. We're watching we're watching Caravan of Courage. If if our patrons want us to watch more Ewoks, they're gonna have to. They have to give us more money. <laughs> uh, and again, this is not a bad thing. I want to watch more Ewoks, but I have to I have to withhold it from our patrons. We just watched it a year or two it. ago. Mm-hmm. it holds up as much as it can i'm pumped it's gonna be great but yeah thank you patrons if yeah. you want us to watch more ewok content or or anything else the best way to get it is to do it is by giving us money on patreon uh because we're sellouts we'll do anything for money so for sure 
yeah but uh, that's 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 it that's that's our podcast this is the end uh ryan how do we end the podcast you know i always forget but i think i remember don't we say let's make the end memorable damn memorable indeed where they may radio